it's super, super crucial to be aware of the tiny house movement and to see it as a viable option for living. People our age are being pumped into a system of economic failure and enslavement. It's, it's terrible and it prohibits sovereignty, it prohibits freedom, it prohibits free thinking. Welcome to the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast, the show where you learn how to plan, build, and live the tiny lifestyle. I'm your host, Ethan Waldman, and this is episode 122 with Brent Evener. This week, I'm speaking with Brent Hevener, founder of the At Tiny House Instagram account, which has over 800,000 followers and is a source of visual tiny house inspiration for many. Brent was able to use his large Instagram following to land a book deal. Tiny House is a collection of images of beautiful tiny homes and was written up in the New York Times. I hope you stick around. But first, I want to tell you about our sponsor today. The Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast is brought to you by Tiny House Decisions. Tiny House Decisions is my signature resource that helps you go from dream to plan to even building your tiny house. I'll tell you more about it after the show, but all you should know right now is that I'm offering 20% off for podcast listeners. Just head over to thetinyhouse.net slash THD and use the coupon code TINY. Again, that's thetinyhouse.net slash THD, coupon code TINY. All right, I'm here with Brent Hevener. Brent grew up with a family who's pretty creative, sovereign-minded, and who are always trying to have an influence where they're at. Brent believes that it was this love for creativity and influence that has kept him within the tiny house movement for a number of years, curating content, writing a book, and featuring incredible tiny house creatives. He now uses his influence to bring the community together. Brent Hevener, welcome to the show. Hey, Ethan. It's good to be here, man. (laughs) It's great. Great to have you. So... I was hoping you could just kind of take me back to the beginning of how how this all started for you, um, your love of tiny houses, starting the Instagram account. Tell me, tell me that story. Sure, absolutely. Well, um, it started back, man. I was about probably fourteen or fifteen years old, and I did a lot of a uh, a lot of social media blogging and marketing as a hobby as a young teenager. And had a lot of friends that were doing it online. And my dad one day sent me an email with a container house. It was uh, just a shipping container, which had been transformed into a home. And I had never seen that. I don't think a lot of people my age and my generation had seen it. And it wasn't super, super popular. And I took a look at that and I was like, oh my goodness, this is incredible. So it sparked something in me. And I started researching more into it. And I found out that there wasn't a good place online for people to find inspiration for that stuff. There wasn't like a, a, a solid Instagram account that really posted quality content. There wasn't a Twitter account that posted anything quality. There were great blogs. I'm sure yours was around at that time. And there were like awesome you know, websites. But as far as like very, very uh, instant, immediate sort of content on social media, I didn't find anything. So I was like, you know what? Let me just start something on Twitter just as a passion project, like the homes that I love that kind of brought me alive. So I started posting about it and, and uh, just sending it out to different friends and kind of using my you know, social media techniques that I did with it and it blew up and then it went to Instagram. And, and, uh, from there I've just been doing, uh, featuring a lot of different people on it. Um, I've done some different short films on tiny houses 
and I may get into this, but I wrote a book. I got published by Penguin Random House last year. Uh, and I've just done a lot of really cool stuff. I'm so thankful and just so blessed. Nice. So about when, when is this that you kind of start doing this on Twitter and then Instagram? Sure. Um, this was about 20, probably about 2013, maybe. Okay. So um, that's, that's pretty early on. Yeah. In terms of like online tiny house stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't a lot going on at that time. Yeah, at that point, I think really online, like there were a handful of blogs and then like Tiny House Blog and Tiny House Talk. Yes. Tiny House Design. Three good, yeah. very good websites. <laughs> but you're, but it's interesting that, you know, you know, at that point you were, you were 13, 14, you said? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah, around that 14, I think. And I think it's, it's so interesting because like you kind of thought to go to social media first and say like, where's the content about this topic? Whereas like, you know, other people, other generations might be like, Oh, I want to find a website. I want to find a book. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really cool that you just went to the place that you wanted to see the content and then couldn't find it. Exactly. Exactly. And it started off as a passion project. And this is something like I've, I've started some different small businesses and I'm, I'm really into like creativity and startups and stuff like that. So one thing that I always like a good foundation is to always start something that you're super passionate about because most people, they want to, they want to, you know, figure out, they want to make money and then figure out how to, how to, you know, love it. Instead, I say, figure out what you love and then figure out how to make money from it. Right. So it, it's like, it was something that I really love and that's, that was a really healthy beginning. Nice. When did you start being able to actually make money from, from it? Well, um, money's never really. Well, I, I kind of use that statement, I guess, to as as an overview with everything. But uh, money's never really driven it, and it's never been a huge, huge part of it. It's always been content and inspiration and creativity. Uh, but of course, I was able to write this book, and that was that was a blessing. So that's really been a, um, you know, the main, you know, monetization uh, as far as it, it, apart from uh, helping out brands here and there, um, doing doing advertising here and there. But it's. It's mainly just, you know, the creativity and the passion that drives it. And then people see that and they're like, hey, you know, I want to I want to do something with that. Uh, it's a pretty healthy foundation, a pretty solid one to work from. Nice. Yeah. Tiny houses inspire a lot of I think people see them and they just they see a lot of possibility. And it, 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 it kind of takes you to a place of dreaming of like, what would my life be like if I lived in something like this? Mm hmm. So I'm curious how, um, well, actually, why don't we talk about the book since you, since you mentioned it, um, is it mostly pictures? How, you know, how much, what, what's in there? Sure. Sure. I don't know if you can hear the rest in the background, but I'm pulling it out of this little okay. thing that I have. Of course, it's a podcast, but I got it in front of me. It is 256 pages of photos it's it's a photo driven book and it's got text on uh on like every few pages it's it has descriptions so it's i think it's roughly about eight thousand words i think that's that's what was included and it's gorgeous gorgeous tiny homes it's broken up into like eight different chapters and just to read off some of the titles it's got tiny house living eco-friendly secluded spaces family home which has different homes that 
you know, are, are suitable for families. So that's a big question, which is a whole word we could get into, right? But a uh, high up, which is like homes up, up in the mountains, open road, which uh, encompasses uh, buses, uh, vans, which is, which is huge, um, and RVs. And then there's also down by the water, homes that are down by the water. <laughs> and then there's big style small home, which is just um, kind of more of the um, tiny homes that are that are on wheels and that are you know between like 180 to 200 or about 340 square feet. So it's got like tree houses. It has um, a container home. It's got a tent in New Mexico. It's got cabins up in Switzerland. It's got uh, gorgeous A-frames up in uh, Alaska and even like Airstreams, just really, really pretty, um, really, really pretty homes. And it's, it's pretty small as well. And it's a great little book for inspiration, great gift as well. Nice. What was the process like writing it and, and choosing what, what went in it? Was it pulled all from like houses that you had previously shared on, on your Instagram feed? Yeah, the main foundation of it was homes that I already knew and people that I, I connected with previously. But honestly, there's a lot of homes in here that um, I, I was able to make new relationships with as far as, as, far as the owners. Really, um, I, I wanted to do a book that just really wowed people. Like when I, of course, uh, she can relate to this as a, as a creator and we create something, you really want to create it with excellence. And I, I believe in creating it with excellence to glorify my creator. So I, I wanted to create something that's like, it's like, hey, if I got 256 pages, I want to include the best of the best of the best. So it was a, like, it was like a six month writing and compilation process. And then it was like a 12 month, like till it was, till I really didn't have a lot of other stuff to do. So it was a lot of work of, of connecting with people and reaching out to people and then figuring out which, which pictures to include. And, you know, uh, and then of course the writing, it was really a great experience. Uh, like creating relationships with people and just the tiny house community is full of such awesome creatives and such down to earth people. That's one thing I got from it is man, these people are so down to earth. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you kind of have to be right. <laughs> Cause you're doing something that's so funky and so alternative. Yeah, but you got to be out of the box. You got to be the probably the weirdest person around. <laughs> I mean, it's it's interesting because like, and I'm sure you've seen this as you've documented this through photographs. Is that in 2012, 13, it was still pretty funky and you know not mainstream. You know, if you said to someone, "I'm building a tiny house," most of them just had absolutely no idea what that even was. Whereas mm -hmm. now when you say tiny house, most people like have that image in their head of like a little gabled roof house on a trailer. Um, you know, they, they have that in their head now. And, and I wonder how have you seen things change over the, the nearly eight years that you've been kind of documenting these homes? Sure, sure. Yeah, I, th I think it's kind of interesting because I think we're on like both sides of the spectrum. Um, as far as content creation, as far as the Tanos movement, um, I don't try to take credit for a lot of stuff, but I, I really do s believe, just factually speaking, that the account um, was a big driver in in exposing 
the millennial generation and just above that to the tiny house world, like on Twitter and on Instagram, because as soon as I posted that, that started consistently posting content, it blew up among the millennial you know, generation. So yeah, previous to that, they were like, okay, what in the world? And now it's like the next coolest thing around, you know? But I think it's really, I think it's super, super helpful in a lot of ways. Of course, like specifically for our, our generation or, you know, around the, the millennial generation, it's super, super crucial to be aware of the tiny house movement and to see it as a viable option for living because it, people our age are being pumped into a system of economic failure and enslavement that is, you know, lasts a lifetime. And it's, it's, it's terrible. And it, it prohibits sovereignty. It prohibits freedom. It prohibits free thinking. And the, the tiny house movement among millennials is, is so, so crucial to set them free, you know, um, financially and physically in, in so many areas. So I think it's been really, really good for millennials to know about it. You know, for that purpose of, of course, it's a good option and it's like the next coolest thing around, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting, like as a millennial, and I would say we're, we're, it seems like we're both millennials, but on the opposite ends of, of millennialhood. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. You know, I graduated from college in 2008. And then, you know, immediately, the housing market crashed and took the economy down with it. And it was like the worst job. It was the worst time to get a job. And, you know, people were losing their houses and there was, a, there's, it really bred a distrust for the banking system and mortgages and just made me question whether I wanted to ever, you know, have a big mortgage, a 30 year mortgage on a house. And, and I think that, that is now, you know, it recovered, but now it's happening all over again. Or I, I, mm -hmm. I, you know, I can't predict the future, but most economists are saying that this current economic crisis is going to affect us for years to come. And so I think there's going to be a, another generation. I don't know what they're called now, the Zoomers, maybe. Um, <laughs> but like, there's going to be another generation now that that kind of sees like maybe some uncertainty in the idea of, of big financial commitments. So I think mm -hmm. that for tiny houses, it could be, it could be big. And, and I will say like, there are so many folks from across the generational spectrum who are, who are interested in tiny houses. There are a lot of mm -hmm. um, boomers and, and mm -hmm. people reaching kind of quote unquote retirement age. And I would say they're actually a bigger portion of my audience than than even millennials oh absolutely absolutely yeah as far as what's going on economically and whether it's you know an empty nester or a retire retiree or you know um a, you know a millennial or or, or a zoomer <laughs> whoever it is everyone's going to be affected did i invent that <laughs> i think you did i i don't think i don't think i did invent that i think i heard that somewhere <laughs> sorry That's... i interrupted you go ahead no, no, I, I think it's pretty cool, though. I really like it as Zoomer. <laughs> a, a, a Corona Zoomer. <laughs> Whoever it is, they're, they're really going to be affected by what's, by what's to come. And of course, you know, we, we can analyze. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. But I absolutely do believe that now is the time to be awake and aware and, and vigilant. And 
it's the time to prepare, not out of fear, but out of out of expectation and out of out of wisdom. You know, so whoever it is that the the principles of the tiny house movement, which is based upon sovereignty and personal freedom, are principles that's so crucial to go through the days and to make it through the days that we're coming into, whatever that may look like. And I think that we, just even as humans right now, we've never experienced what's going on right now with coronavirus, and we don't know what's to come, but I believe it's going to be something different than what's ever happened previously. So it's so crucial for us to, to, you know, prepare whatever that looks like, you know, for us, whether that's like, you know, preparing to, to build a house or whether that's preparing to, you know, save up money or just gaining knowledge or spiritually preparing. It's so crucial for us to be in that mindset. Do you, so I I like this thread and it's like, it goes way beyond just the house because I think, I think what you're kind of getting at is that there's a, there's a lifestyle. There's a tiny house lifestyle that makes you kind of well-prepared for this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe, can you speak to that or like in your view, how does, how is it that the tiny house lifestyle makes us more independent, more sovereign, more, more prepared? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, as I said earlier, we're, we're trained to become slaves and servants to a system here in, in the Western world. And what the tiny house movement does is it gets us out of that system to be indebted financially and to be indebted in every other way to uh, you know, a, to a monopoly and to, a, to, to the higher ups, to the elite. And so, you know, as soon as somebody starts to understand that, hey, you know what, I don't have to have a cookie cutter house. I don't have to live in a, you know, uh, a spitting distance away from my, from my neighbor. I, 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 can, I can live sovereignly, you know, and, and I, I, I can live in freedom. Then it gets them out of that mold. It gets them out of the status quo. And that's exactly what's needed for the days to come. Now, we talk kind of the days to come as sort of vague because it's, it's kind of difficult to, to know exactly what's going to happen, but I, I do know things for certain that there's going to be a lot of there's there's going to be a lot of people that are conned into a mass uh, infiltration, uh, just a a common a, a common deceit. Like in 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 the in the days to come, whether it's whether it's you know everybody leaning towards some sort of financial system, a cashless society, or whether it's just somebody you know everybody doing one thing the the modern the the mass as a whole is going to lean towards one side and it's going to take people that have previously uh said you know what i don't want to be like everybody else i want to kind of break out of this and i want to really know the truth and i want to really know what's going on it's going to take that kind of mindset to make it through that and to not become deceived by the the one world sort of regime or whatever whatever it looks like yeah so you do not live in the United States anymore. You live in Central America. That's correct. That's what, correct. Was that at all inspired by the tiny house movement or is that just something that happened completely like independently? Sure. Sure. Well, I'll say, uh, so yeah, it was, it was with my parents. I, I moved down here with my parents and I, I, I still live, you know, helping them out with, with the different projects we have going on, I have like family business and family ministry we do. So we, we left the States. My dad and my mom have always grown up 
Well, they've always wanted to raise us outside of the status quo. And they, they knew that always living, the, living in the American society, you would just get one thing and you wouldn't be able to fully see uh, the truth in areas and you wouldn't be able to fully understand what's going on. So they wanted to give us a cultural experience, to just get, get us out of that norm. Um, so at, at 18, I, I left and the rest of my siblings and our lives have been completely changed. Like first and foremost, spiritually, I, I was living in just such a kind of a lost place in the States. I was just kind of a stupid high schooler and just doing stuff that was stupid, kind of like a lot of other high schoolers. And I had no relationship with my creator and he brought me down here and I've come into just a knowledge of, of him and I've given my life my life to God, my life to Jesus. And he's totally come in and, and changed me and brought me purpose and brought me peace. And so he's totally changed our, our lives. And we've gotten an understanding of, of truth in so many areas and truth about what's going on in, in the world and, and not living according to, you know, how man wants us to live all the time. You know, having that sort of cultured mindset and wanting to know, being more vigilant. That's, that's tiny house. That's pretty tiny, tiny house. house. Yeah. Does that yeah. answer your question about this tiny house? Have anything to do with it? Sure. That? No, I, I mean, <laughs> I've been, this is kind of a thread that I've been exploring of like living the tiny house lifestyle, even if you don't necessarily actually live in a tiny house. And I, I do think there are ways to do it. Um, and, and I think that, you know, living abroad is a decision you can make that is probably financially a lot different than living in the States. And in a way, mm -hmm. there's, there's that si similar trade-off that you make in a tiny house that you say, I'm going to live in this house that's much less expensive, but it's going to allow me to live a different lifestyle. Um, and I can see some parallels there be between living abroad as well, um, especially in Central America, where I would, I would imagine that the cost of living for some things is, is a lot less. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at, at its core, like getting down to sort of the, the basis and the, the, the basic definition of tiny house living, when it really, when it really comes down to it, would you agree, Ethan, that it's, it's living in freedom and it's living in sovereignty? Or what, what would you say is like, you could break it down to one word or one thing. It would be that, right? It's a good question. One word. I mean, I think for me, it's, it's about more experience and less stuff. Those are, okay. that's four words. But I think it's, I think freedom is a good word too, but in a way it's like freedom from stuff, freedom from sure. debt, freedom, you know, that allows you to use your time, basically own more of your own time. Exactly. And not, 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 not to be controlled. And that's sovereign. Yeah. Sure. And that I could see that being sovereignty, like owning your own time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which is, which is how it totally ties into like living abroad. Um, kind of to answer your question about how does that tie into tiny house living it as far as, you know, living in freedom. I feel like there's, there's core components and principles that, uh, have common denominators. Sure. Sure. So, um, how much, of your time do you spend like managing the tiny house account because it's it's so beautifully curated everything really just like fits in really well when you scroll that feed um so clearly a lot of thought goes into it what kind of time commitment is that for you yeah um honestly it used to be a lot more 
I, I've just gotten so much more busy, but, um, it's, it's, it's hours during the week. I really, I haven't like, I don't know exactly how many hours it is, but between like, um, just everything that it, it, it takes, uh, you know, it, it, it takes a lot of time because I really want to do it well, you know, and when you do something well, it often takes more time. Yeah, certainly. Even a tiny house takes a lot of time to build if yeah. you're doing it well. You would know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, do you have a, a favorite house in, in the book? Mm. Personal favorite? That's a good question. I have a personal favorite. It's not the normal kind of tiny house, but it is actually... That's okay. Thank you. Talking about being like different and sovereign-minded, it's okay to be different, right? So... Um, <laughs> Now this is going to make you want to want to buy the book. Everybody that's listening, because I'm going to mention something in it. So there you are. Uh, this is on the sixth page. Is actually the introduction, and I'll just pull it up here for you to see. It's a it's an A frame. It's mm. up in Alaska. It's called the Deer Mountain Retreat, and it's this little A frame, like totally off grid. And it's actually the first tiny house besides that container home that I saw, and that I really love. And for years and years and years, I wanted to get it into the book. And I spent so long looking everywhere on the internet, every trick I could try to try to figure out where a photo came from. And I finally found it. And I got a hold of the owner and uh, he's an awesome photographer and he allowed it to be in the book. So super thankful about that. And it just, it brings me alive. It's got some beautiful mountains in the background. It kind of makes me want to escape. That's another big thing of this is escaping. Yeah. What, what about it is was so appealing to you is so appealing to you sure sure yeah well it's um so it's got it's got a guy in the front kind of my kind of style it's funny as that is like you can relate to that right uh and it's 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 this little little you know pretty rustic a-frame and um it's got like pine trees which i love and it's got green siding uh or like yes um like trim there on on the on the on the pitch, which just makes it feel like you know you're up in the mountains, and then it's got snow capped mountains in the background, so it may really makes me want to go and you know jump on a plane and go have a little uh, you know have a campfire and go camping way up uh, way up in the mountains. Nice, yeah. It really tiny houses are so evocative in that way. Oh yeah, and accessible. You know, people see them and they're like, oh, I, I could do that. Like, that's, that's, a, that's attainable. They're so much less expensive than a, than a big home as well. So <laughs> Certainly, certainly. Um, so I want to shift a little bit to, to the tiny house community because there, there really has become one that has sprung up over, over these years. Um, and you know they're not always we're not always aware of of each other um there are various mm-hmm. events that happen you know online offline but you know how how do you see your role you know how do you use your influence to to bring the tiny house community together mm-hmm. yeah that, that's a really good question um i i i have the honor and the privilege of having you know, a place where people can be featured and people's stories and their lives and their creativity can be put into a lot of eyes and in front of a lot of eyes. And they're able to 
you know, the, the little guy or, or whoever it is, even the, the bigger folks are able to get their, their content, their creativity out there. So I, I really love like, you know, being like finding somebody who just has incredible talent and whether a lot of it is honestly like, you know, designers, like interior designers, and they decide to create their own home or they're doing it for other people or, you know, even just photographers, because it encompasses everything because, you know, you have to credit somebody for the photos. So a lot of people are able to get their brand and their creativity out there. So yeah, like one way is, of course, um, featuring people. And then another way is just offering inspiration. And as well as like, to people who usually wouldn't be interested in the dance movement, because I, I feel like one thing that this does is it, it's so appealing to such a wide variety of people, these homes that, you know, a teenage girl will, you know, tag her best friend who would never be interested in any home, but then she shows her mom and her mom is like, oh, well, hey, you know what? I could possibly live in this or convinces her husband to get one when they're empty nesters. So it really like, um, it really reaches a wide variety of people and offers inspiration. Nice. And then you also um, were involved in the the online tiny house event that happened that we were both involved in a couple weeks back, mm-hmm. which was surprisingly, I think, really, I mean, not that, that the pandemic is a good thing, but I, I actually think that the online events are more informative in some ways than the, like, in-person big festivals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because people really got to hear from tiny house dwellers and builders in a more, you know, in a format that was more focused on on speaking and communicating than just, like, kind of walking around and looking at tiny houses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think it's something that we're really going to have to look at as far as doing things online and digitally and and what's to come i mean i'm praying there's no second wave but just to be prepared you know we want to spread this message right we want to communication is so crucial so however we're able to do it to get creative and do it that way it worked out really well like jason and and zach uh who have tinyhouse.com they really put a lot of hard work into it and it it really turned out turned out great and actually the recordings are still available if people want to buy it or yes yes, (laughs) nice do you do you ever plan to build a tiny house yourself? I do. I do. I have an incredible girlfriend and uh we will get married someday. And uh she's a great interior designer and of course I love everything as far as anything to do with home and pretty much everything we've been talking about. So I, I wanna do um not anything super small. Uh, I, I stand by a statement that I I had told I had said in, in a in an article once that um if your home is too small Something along the lines of if your home is too small for you to complete your purpose and for you to do what you're called to do, then then you got to get a new home. Because really, the purpose of home is to serve you, not for you to serve it. So if you're going into a tiny house, just wanting to make it super small because it's a cool thing to do and you're not able to complete your purpose, your purpose here on earth, then you got you to gotta upsize your home, not downsize. So I'm a big believer in that. Which is gonna or we're not gonna go super small we're probably going with like i'm just throwing numbers out maybe you know five to seven hundred square feet something like that so and we want to do like a big deck and uh of course make it as self-sufficient as possible very cool and do you think you'll do that in central america or do you think you'll return 
to the uh, the big bad USA. <laughs> yeah, I honestly think I uh, yeah I'll definitely do it down here. Uh, I with y- you know there's definitely um, yeah it's it's just a more sovereign place to live uh, and just a more free place to live and people are really civil and they're really kind and s- super down to earth. So um, yeah, I, I do encourage everybody to to get. Like, you know, not everybody can get a second home abroad because, you know, money is, is tight for a lot of people, but uh, to, to, to travel abroad and to, to be aware of what's going on and to look at, you know, getting a small piece of land or get something small because, yeah, it's, it's really important. Yeah, one thing that, that, you know, people always say about tiny house living, and I agree with, is that it kind of forces you to be outside more. It makes you more aware of, of the outdoors and, and living, living outside. And, and I would imagine that, that tiny house living abroad could lead to almost better, better cultural awareness, just, you know, experiencing a different culture more often because you literally just can't be inside as much. Um, how has that been? For, I know you don't live in a tiny house down there but how how has that been for you dude you couldn't have hit it hit it hit it more on the head i mean that the, the nail more on the head that's exactly right that's actually something we talked about a lot and is one of the reasons why there's not a you know the coronavirus is not huge down in central america I, I believe is because in the states and just in western world whether it's australia or europe or whatever even china just a lot of a lot of bigger places uh people are like cooped up inside a lot especially in bigger cities like I feel like some people don't even see the dirt at all. You know, that kind of, kind of stinks. Um, but like we are, first of all, it's really hot, you know, so you're not, unless you got AC, you're not going to be inside all the time. So you're, you're more outside getting the fresh breeze or something like that. But as far as like culture awareness, you know, you're, you're outside in nature, you're around your neighbors. You're just out doing things more, uh, you know, instead of like just being cooped up all the time and inside. Yeah. So you've been published by Penguin Random House. You're featured in the New York Times. Do you have a, a most proud accomplishment? Wow. Um, wow. That's that. That's a good question. I mean, to be honest, I'll be. I'll be. I'll, you want honesty, right, Ethan? I mean, sure. Authenticity, being real, is is the best thing we can do. Like, you know, being published by Penguin Random House and as well as I just got picked up by Germany, uh, a publisher there, and we're in the States and, and New York Times, that's all really, really good. But honestly, the greatest thing and the greatest, I guess, accomplishment or, or just the greatest, the most important thing to me is being in a relationship with my creator and knowing him and walking with him, walking as God wants me to walk and uh, being obedient towards him. And Honestly, like all this stuff is, it's a lot of fun, you know, and it's great. It's, it's awesome. But it's like, at the end of the day, this is going to, is going to go to nothing if we aren't, we don't have an eternal mindset, you know? So it's so important for us to know where we are in, you know, right standing with our creator and, and, uh, to, to be here completely um, submitted to him and just loving him with everything. Do you have any, any resources, you know, if your book is a great place to start for, for inspiration, but when it's time, you know, I'm sure you get messages, thousands of messages from people who are like, 
help me do this. I want to build a tiny house. Like what, what do you recommend when people ask you, you know, more technical questions? Sure. Honestly, I, I try to push them towards you and your, and your, your, your folks. Yeah. <laughs> as far as like the, the practical, um, because that's not what I'm supposed to do. You know, everybody has their niche and everybody has their calling and mine is not necessarily showing somebody how to build a tiny house. I, I'm kind of the gateway to get them there. But what you do and other people like you, like I'm trying to, you know, some more you're trying to think of websites off the top of your head, but all those websites you mentioned previously, you know, I, I send them there because what you do is so fantastic as far as like giving people the informational and the nitty gritty and like the eBooks and just all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, Instagram and all that stuff is great for inspiration, but as far as practical, I would totally recommend people to like to talk to you and to other people and to buy and download your stuff. Nice. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, Brent Heavener, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. This was a really fun conversation. I appreciate it. Yeah, it was great. Ethan. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> we need to talk again. <laughs> thank you so much to Brent Heavener for being a guest on the show. You can find the show notes from today's episode, including links to Brent's Instagram account, books, and more at thetinyhouse.net slash 122. Again, that's thetinyhouse.net slash 122. Also, don't forget to check out Tiny House Decisions, my signature resource on planning and building your tiny house at thetinyhouse.net slash THD. Again, that's thetinyhouse.net slash THD. Well, that's all for this week. I'm your host, Ethan Waldman, and I'll be back next week with another episode of the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast.